episode 22 of the Now Is podcast. My name is Ben Remsen, and the idea of this podcast is usually to do a recorded version of the concept you might know from Downbeat Magazine's Blindfold Test and The Wire Magazine's Invisible Jukebox, to play tunes for musicians without telling them what they're about to hear and see what they have to say. What follows is not quite that. It's the conversation that I had with Jim Dorling on the afternoon of August 6th in my now former living room in the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago. Jim is a Chicago-based musician who fronts the rock band The Pillow Hammer, convenes the drone ensemble Dream Weapon, and also plays in many ad hoc improvised contexts. This interview, however, is focused entirely on town and country, a quartet that consisted of him, Joshua Abrams, Liz Payne, and Ben Vida from the late 90s to the mid-2000s. As will be clear from what follows, Town & Country made several records that are very dear to me, occupying a space between being a band, a new music ensemble, and an improvising unit in a way that I think it's no exaggeration to call unique in the history of recorded music. Since I first heard them 13 years ago, I've wondered where their musical ideas came from and how their pieces were assembled. I've been friends with Jim for a couple years and I've asked him about this and received a characteristic mix of blunt explanation and wry mockery. This interview is my attempt to pin him down. Instead of my normal podcast format, I played him a bunch of my favorite town and country tracks as well as the music of a few people I guess to be influences. You're currently hearing me talk over Going to Kamakura from Town & Country's 2002 album, Come On. At the end of the interview, you'll hear Old Fashioned from their 2003 album, Five. Both these albums, two more albums, and an EP, are available from Thrill Jockey Records. Their first record, On Box Media, is out of print. You can find the Now Is podcast in the iTunes store. Perhaps you already have. You can also stream it at nowis.org, N-O-W-I-S.org, where you'll find information about all the tracks that I played for Jim. And you can like the Now Is podcast on Facebook. Okay, Jim Dorling. I don't know was, if I, remember, I have any particular insight into what okay. the rhythmic aspects of this beginning part, other than that we didn't really have to count at the beginning. There was, I, I think... Um, yeah, I'm just droning yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, what are you playing? Harmonium. harmonium. This is all harmonium for the whole way through. Okay. Uh, and how much, okay, so then a, a better question. How much is this uh, composed? Just like how much are these chords worked out? All the way. All the way. Not, there's not, it's not improvised at all. At all. It always, every time we play it, it sounds just like this. Yeah. You know, there would be some variation in terms of those rhythmic elements, but, but yeah, everyone was playing the same. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that chart? It this out? was actually uh, written by Liz. Okay. In theory. Although there was a certain amount of group work on things. Yeah. Well, but, how much? That's the question too. Is like how I much? have a great. Uh, there's a pretty funny thing that's rhythmic with this is that in the second half, which we aren't to yet, where the shakare, uh, shakare, how do you say it? You know the yeah. the beaded thing. With the gourd, yeah, the shaker thing. It's, you can't just call it a shaker. Shaker. <laughs> okay. No, shakare or something. It's, okay. I can't even say it. C H. Search the C H. Um, and a triangle, right? 
and they're all playing like with their accents off the uh, one, like their accents are on like you know the one e and a two e and a three, you know, right. like they're all, yeah. and I, I it was and and Josh kept going like don't get pulled onto the the my accent which is really on the three, it's not on the one. Yeah. Okay. Here. And I was like, where are the accents? Do you want to? What? Where are the accents on here? Do you, do oh, well, you know? let me finish the story. And, then okay, sorry, sorry. and I was like, you know what? That sounds really hard. I'm just, I had a, like, we always had like the um, the mini disc players back then. I just had a mini disc player that just played like the, the, the you know, just a metronome. Yeah. And I just played on that one. Yeah. And I always put those headphones on and just went, I can hear that one. And I'm not <laughs> going to get pulled off to you because I'm listening to that one. You were you do that live playing this? Yep, I always got the mini disc player out, put the headphones <laughs> on, and just like, yes, I'm not gonna get pulled off because I'm just gonna I'm listening to the one. You know, and actually, I mean, there's a piece by uh, uh, Gavin Breyers where they all do they all put the headphones on and they just follow their yeah. their uh, metronome, whatever it is. But um, and they they kind of didn't like the, that in theory or whatever, yeah. but it was like, well, it works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting the music made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm doing this thing where I had this piece of leather that I put on, t like the the way it's going, won't, won't, like it's kind of like a wah thing. It's, oh. It's just like I had this piece of leather over the uh, where the sound comes out on the um, harmonium. And I'm, when I'm squeezing it, I'm also squeezing that, and it's just going whoa, 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 like right. that. That's that sound. But I'm staying on the one just because I I have a thing that's the one. Because otherwise, I'm like, oh, I'll totally get pulled off. I'm not right, gonna right, that. Right. I'm Are you talking about this? Which Josh doing that? This that's right now, yeah. Yeah. And then the triangle does that. The triangle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is really tricky. So that's all charted out too. Then, like the rhythms of that were like. They, yeah, I mean, they didn't write it down. Say, they just, they just learned. They I, mean, learned you, I guess I'm asking. So, the you says this one was written by Liz. Does that mean she wrote out the rhythmic pattern here, and or whether or not it was handwritten, you know, like whatever? I doubt. No, they or, just, no, they played their parts and then they stuck to them. They knew where they, okay. they, those, the, the writing was that uh, the chords uh -huh. and what people were playing, and the fact that we do this at some point, mm -hmm. but. Josh and Liz just found their parts, and they said, oh, "What's um? I can't remember what Ben's doing right now. You guitar. Playing guitar. There's yeah. guitar. In this. Right. He's the guy playing the guitar. Right. Like one person brought it in, but for instance, the way I just stopped doing the rhythm right there, yeah. and I'm just open now. Yeah. And I think the chord changed. Right. You know, it's like. That yeah, those things were just concocted as we played it. Okay, but and then, then, but and then, then it, once you came up with it, that was it. That was you. That, that was, was a piece you did that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a pretty normal way of writing. Yeah, like yeah, nothing yeah. ever really was just the one person. Right. Um, there's a piece called Hindenburg. It's yeah. The first one on the uh, first one that's on Bion. First one. Uh, was full length one on, on Thrill Jockey. Yeah. And uh, it was a thing where Ben brought in, um, and you can kind of hear it if you listen to that, uh, he, he brought in a um, finger picking part. He says, yeah. well, I got this thing. And he, so he's, you know, thumb is doing the bass, yeah. fingers are doing like this melody, and he says, okay, now 
here, I'm going to do this. Now, what does everyone else want to do? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were sitting around at Josh's old house when he lived way up north. And I was like, well, you know, I, one thing I would say is, like, why don't we, um, instead of, like, adding more things, and this is, like, I mean, this is a method that uh, now seems quite normal. And Sam Wagster always is taking things away. When, yeah. when we're playing things and new groups that I'm in. Um, I was like, how about one of us does half of that on a bass, yeah, and then the yeah, other yeah. person does the other half on a chillest, which we just brought in, and then you could just come up with some other part. Instead yeah. of like trying to take that, which is its own thing, yeah, yeah. and then adding things to it. So yeah. that's a writing thing where it was a bend piece, but um, that was a that was one thing I remember bringing into something. It's like, well, let's break it down, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. make it into a group piece instead of piling on and having way too much stuff. Right. right. So there was lots of discussion. Which is kind of like what Josh has done with some of the new National Information Society stuff with the hocketing. Uh -huh. You know what I'm talking about? With the, there's, there's like a line that's being produced by multiple horn players. Right. Going, you know, that thing. He's kind of sort of similar to what you just described. Breaking it down and, and getting everybody into it, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike that, like there goes the longest on that. You like that? It's nice. I like yeah. the piece. It's all these electric music. So crossings, rather. But the, there are two on that. There was the other one. Um, um, so that I may come back. It's the other one. That's the name of the song. And that was the first song that we did. That was a song. Okay. Um, and uh, up to up till then, we didn't have a name, and we had just been doing kind of a long form improv that was right. really quiet. And in right. fact, we hadn't come up with the what would be the rules. Like Ben would actually have some electronic stuff. He had like cassettes and like do like quiet weird things like maybe an electric guitar but I don't remember that that well um, but he was definitely doing some things that were electronic but they were all really quiet I mean, well, one thing as far as an influence then uh, obviously Martin, Martin Feldman yeah like an early I got some Martin Feldman keyed up an early um, not used name was more than seldom <laughs> okay. it might not have been the idea for a band name, but at yeah, least for yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But then, um, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Gunter, uh, Bernard Gunter. That's a guy. Uh, he definitely. I mean, and stuff that uh, uh, was what made me think of that was his cassette stuff because it was like really quiet, scrapey right. sounds like right. that guy was into. Yeah. Um, so, um, we, and this, oh, and we know what we were doing was pieces that, where you needed like a stopwatch. Uh -huh. And you're like, okay, you do this, and then you start doing this other thing okay. after a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, then, but then there became rules. What? Then there became rules. You said that, you said before. Well, those, rules. those are pieces with rules, but those are like, you know, those, those weren't tunes. Yeah. Those were like pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, they were they were like uh, uh, 
new music right pieces. yeah i think i know what you mean and uh but then there was a change not this one but this one this is the one that really endured we played this one all the time yeah but the other one uh so let me come back um i mean i can put it on no don't put that on this is good you don't you don't want to... <laughs> music <laughs> and it was never quite as good as this one this okay. is the one that this we played it's this more than one. any other song this is my favorite this one of the really, album yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Josh wrote it for um, Leanne uh, I can't remember what I said. she's now she's now married to uh, hold it at least still married I don't know who's married to her. <laughs> Leanne I think You're is who Jeff Parker is married to but okay. you know, it's not my job to keep track of all that shit <laughs> but it definitely was at some point she lived in LA moved to LA yeah. but she lived in Chicago and she had a performance piece for which she wrote that thing it was called So That It May Come Back yeah. her thing this may have also I, I, I can't promise that so I won't say it's true because you know this hadn't read a lot of stuff so I, I don't know where it all came from but that was the first time we played a tune and it was kind of like aha and yeah. and also there'll be no electronics uh-huh. it'll all be acoustic right and that pretty much and then at some point we came up with a name although the name was strangely like no one took credit for the name uh-huh. the guy who came up with the name when it was presented to him that he had come up with a name he didn't seem to remember he'd come up with it it was the perdition plastics guy he was the first guy who was he was going to put out the first record and then he kind of backed out, and uh, Good Sight stepped in and put it out instead. And I quite, and I quite, and I quite literally still say that I got into the band because I was the guy who had a harmonium. Right. I had, I had a harmonium. And he was like, yeah, that's what we need because we want it really quiet. I can and, see where that would be useful. And, and it's especially useful because, and then the, the chalice, which I came up, which I picked up later, because I don't know. Otherwise, it's a bunch of um, strings, you know. And it, they just kind of, you know, in a way that doesn't really go, you know, it's like, uh, but there was a point at which it was like, okay, you know, play that bass clarinet, we can't, the harmonium's killing us. And it's just like enough of that harmonium. Yeah, it nails down the sound for sure. Yeah. 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 They, they could go different places when they got live. Sometimes there was one, another one that was a real mainstay uh, we played, ended shows all the time with was, uh, was that old feeling. Uh-huh. A lot of stolen titles. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not that old feeling. That's an old song. But um, and uh, and the that got to the bit where uh, it really kind of jammed out at the end. Uh-huh. And I remember getting even hearing people criticizing it, going like, "Yeah, you guys aren't about that. You shouldn't be like, you know, uh-huh. you can turn into jazz." Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's but that's what would happen if we. But we basically, um, uh, yeah, we we pretty much stayed away from that. You know. Yeah. I what, mean, I'm I'm glad I, you made unique music for doing it. I mean, I'm just I'm just it just seems like it's one of the one of the remarkable things about this music is that it is it resembles that stuff but f- makes fundamentally different decisions. That's I'm just remarking on that. And one of the reasons it seems like it doesn't really sound to me like any other band is like mm-hmm. I can't think of another example. Of one thing we that. always thought it sort of sounded like um, is just the roster of obscure records, the you know, uh, oh, 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 yeah, whatever imprint that he had that he where it was just uh, I, th- I guess uh, sinking the Titanic is maybe the most famous piece on that. 
that's Gavin Breyer. Gavin Breyer. Yeah. See, his the original one, the original recording of it was like that on one side and um, Jesus Blood on the other side. And uh, but um, more him and then people who uh, uh, John White is kind of obscure. Um, bunch of fairly obscure people. Fairly uh, obscure, on obscure. Uh, I think actually early. Um, there's one that's uh, Nyman, Michael Nyman, mm-hmm. who turned you know did all that crazy stuff that sounds like Philip Glass and all the uh, Green Greenaway pictures eventually. But this his thing on there is much more sedate. <clears throat> so we can we. Could, I mean, there are things on that we relate to, and I actually brought something when you talked about influences. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Arthur Russell okay. thing called instrumentals. Okay. Oh, Instrumental yeah. number three or something, which uh, Precop had on yeah. vinyl. Uh, yeah. And uh, and now it's on out, out on CD with yeah. all the excitement about him. But um, I mean we were pretty we were all into that. So yeah. there were yeah there were references, but we were like yeah we were really aware that yeah this is yeah, kind yeah. of our we got our own territory. We got your own territory. Yeah, the first tortoise album, the first tortoise album, the first tortoise album. This kind of like these kind of like dubby, groovy, whatever kind of mm-hmm. bass lines that are like in, you know, usually in an odd meter or at least not in 4-4. Um, and uh, otherwise this band doesn't remind me of C&K, for example, at all. No. But that but that line, I, this bass line kind of, or I mean, it's on a guitar, I guess, but reminds me of, um, <laughs> reminds me of that music, which was obviously happening in Chicago at that time, as I was vaguely aware of while being in high school. Um, so I guess I wonder if you guys felt were in any way playing shows with being in dialogue with you were because you were roommates with Precop at the time, right? Or we lived point. in the same building. I okay. hung out with him a lot. Yeah, sure. So if you, if you felt like you were, what you were doing was connected to that whole like, I don't know. I I think that um, Gaster shows, Gaster Bill Solo shows. There yeah. were some. That were really kind of amazing. There was I, the one. The one that stood out to me was when they was uh, at the bottle once. I can't really, you know, dial it in when it was. Sure. I knew it was like on a Wednesday. They did a Wednesday show when Wednesday was jazz. That was mm-hmm. it for sure. When when yeah. jazz Wednesday yeah, was yeah. at the bottle and uh, yeah, Corbett. And they just did this thing. Where I remember just thinking like. Uh, Man, uh, he better not fuck that fuck that up because he's just doing one thing, you know. Just yeah. like just, he's just doing this real. It was uh, um, grubs, you know, and, and he was just they were just doing like two guitar pieces or yeah. you know something with like a farfisa, and they were just really like oh this one of the things that um, was just uh, I think Josh kind of like was the one who said it and uh, it was just that was kind of a mantra for what we were doing which is like make every change count you know every anytime anything changes you just let that happen Mm -hmm. okay let's just take that in you know and then this other thing happens okay now that just you know like there was no rushing around and uh, it was and and Gaster was really kind of doing that right sure and and there's a piece oh is it happy day it's like the piece that's like a whole CD. 
it's a uh, O'Rourke thing. Yeah, it starts with a with a Fahey baseline kind of. Right, and then the the uh, um, hurdy gurdies just take over, and it just becomes like this dense thing yeah, of yeah, hurdy gurdies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that really sounded like this these couple tunes on here. I mean, they they were really really pretty close to that. You yeah, know? yeah. Who did it first? But what? <laughs> Who did it first? He did. Okay, yeah. That's fine. But the thing was, his piece sort of worked more um, as kind of like conceptually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't put it on. But you're not going to put it on that much because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, in about half an hour, you know, it's like listening to I am sitting in a room. Yeah, right. You know, you're just yeah. like Alvin, listen, you're just like, okay, I know how that goes. I don't really want to listen to it again. Yeah, no, exactly. So is that you on that? It's me. That's it's not harmonium. an electronic thing? That's no, it's harmonium. Just, I was totally sure. I even like, like typed Everyone out. always called, yeah, there, lots of people called it electronic. How the hell do you make it sound like that? It sounds just like a loop. You hit it. Okay. I've actually heard one other place where it happens. There's a um, song by uh, Donovan called uh, In Tangiers. Okay. And someone sounds like they're doing that. And that actually made this piece work because Josh had the bass line and he knew he wanted to have the slide guitars, but he wasn't sure what else was going to happen. Yeah. Or what I was going to do. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, I've been doing this, and I just started yeah. doing that. He's like, "Okay, we're done." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Okay, so that's. I mean, this is again like a question about the way that like the balance of composition and what composition even means when it's like ultimately everybody's kind of crafting their own part. So he had the bass line, and, and he'd written all the other parts. Okay, he'd written and, those. And the slide well, parts. I mean. Yeah, he, he knew there was going to be a slide, the two slide right. guitar parts. Okay. He just wasn't sure what the har the harmonium was going to do, or what was going to, and it kind of needed something, you know, it, it needed yeah. uh, something underneath it all because when you don't have drums and you don't have, I mean, I'm, we started to have lots of percussion. There's not much percussion on the first album, I don't think. There were just pieces that were so much better live than they than what they had recorded. Yeah. Because they had really, uh, I, I knew another example was um, Mingus Dynasty, when they did that big, they did that big piece that was like a, a, a long form, what's it called, Epitaph? Might not be called Epitaph. Um, a, a big piece that uh, Mingus never actually recorded himself, and Mingus Dynasty or whatever, I think it was them did that and the live versions of it are good but the recording is really lackluster because yeah, yeah, yeah. they recorded and then they went on tour right. everyone does that you make the recording then you and then you tour to support times. it and then you really get good at playing that shit and uh, I, I think the one that we don't we didn't even um, what the hell did we call it we didn't call it uh, the bells it's on uh, a come on bells. Bell. It, we, we didn't call that when we did it though we called it something else okay um, and that one was one where in the studio we got to the point where we would just like we all play one chord and then we just stop the tape and we play the next chord like it was that hard for us to play at the time that yeah, we yeah, the only yeah. was the only way you could even imagine doing it but that's just a part of music is you're like oh my god it's the hardest thing in the world to do and then like you know a few weeks later you're like oh yeah that tune yeah, yeah let's yeah, do yeah. that again and we got that got to be really good live, yeah. um, much better than the record. Although, I don't know, I suppose that's, for one thing, 
we would we would get more listenable lengths of things live, mm -hmm. whereas there was an experimentalism to the uh, way they were done on record. It was just like, oh yeah, we're going to do this like 30 times. Right, right, right. Whereas when you're doing it live, you were just not trying to be boring. You're like, no, you just do, you you were you had an audience and you played for an audience. Yeah, and you yeah. played what felt good. Yeah. Well, that's in the social that's world of playing music. This is this is music from the social world of playing music, but it's not like it's not like people are dancing to it. So like, how do you, how do you think how do you think you can tell that it? You can. You just can. Because you're in a room and people are listening, and you can tell when people. Okay, that's enough of that. It's yeah, like yeah. when you if you're like DJing, you know, it's like okay, people don't want to hear that anymore. They they want to hear the next song. Yeah, yeah. You just know. You just yeah. know. Of course, there are people that often are dancing, right. but it, it doesn't matter. You just know because there's so you know there's all those people there, right, right. And you can't ignore that. Whereas in a studio, you know, you're just doing, yeah. you're making your art. You're like an artist in a loft. You know, you're not, yeah. You're not thinking about other people. But yeah. when they're all sl sitting looking at you, sure. <laughs> and you're thinking about, yeah, sure, sure. And that just got to be whatever we used to call it, bells, that's what it's called. Um, that got to be a really great, like, sh you know, show song. And uh, it was definitely like half as long yeah. as what we did there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Did you ever try, like, re-recording any of them? Just to... I, I was hoping for live recordings of it. Yeah. I think Ben has more of that stuff than I have, but I haven't really heard a good live recording of it. Yeah. Um, something's just, you know, you have to be there. You have to be there. Uh, Alright, should we keep like going here? You don't want to hear the shrieking things at the end? Ding, ding, ding. No, I love the shrieking things at the end. Shrieking things. We're just like bowing these little bells. Is that what this is? Yeah, everyone's bowing these little bells. That's four people bowing bells? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, it has this other little bit at the end. A little coda? The little uh, Morricone thing at the end. Okay, oh yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Western. But you know, no, of course I totally understand what you yeah. mean by the DJs making the room, yeah. the feel of the room or whatever. Or, but, I mean, musicians, what they do, how they interact with, and musicians. that's really the but classic. But I'm noting the irony that you're saying that in reference to something that's not exactly like conventionally crowd-pleasing just you know sort of super, somewhat shallow irony but I just yeah just noting that there's a but I mean we you know we played the rock circuit with this stuff that was and that worked yeah I mean that was what was there the, the the weird thing for us was the moment when we kind of just not in a big way but we kind of blew up at a point and it's just like wow that's weird because you know they were a bunch of bands they were a bunch of yeah, little experimental to... things that were related to myopic. I, I can't remember the names of them because they generally had names you couldn't remember. That was the one thing I liked about Town and Country. It was like, okay, you know, if you said your you had a band called Town and Country, you wouldn't go, what? What was that? Yeah, yeah. You know, but most of them were those kind of names where you're like, you know, Audra Deck. I think something like or, yeah, something sure. like that. I think um, Jeb Bishop was maybe in that one. Okay. Uh, our first shows were uh, at. Urbis Orbis, which I didn't realize at the time what a pioneer uh, Zerang was for putting on shows in Chicago. Okay. But apparently, like in the 80s, 
which is obviously not when we were doing it. We yeah. were much after the 80s. But he was like it. You know, he was like booking some things. Yeah. And he was doing it there. He was doing it. Uh, and we played there when we weren't playing tunes. And we were just doing stopwatchy sort of things. Sure. We didn't, we were like, we're not just improvising. That's That was clear. Even from the very start, yeah. we were going to do things. We weren't yeah. going to do uh, just improvise. Just, 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 just. How did it go? Oh, no, we went to Japan. First time we, we went to Japan three times. First time we went to Japan was pretty amazing. Like we were just being interviewed and stuff all over the place. And oh, they yeah. just, and we were bigger than, in Japan than anywhere except for Chicago. What happens when we get our like 20 people who show up for our shows yeah, yeah, yeah. and they spent all this money, they bought our tickets and all. And yeah, yeah. the place was yeah, filled up and we had a great, uh, and you know, it was us and TV Pow. Oh, yeah. So it was like, so that was what, anyway, blowing up. And, and it really, I mean, like we did that. And then I came home and got married. And then we went uh, for a month with the Sea and Cake on the West Coast. And then we came back again. And then we went to England. And we played something like four shows in London and two shows in Manchester with Godspeed. But then nothing like that ever happened again right. for as long as we were together. We were getting picked up and we were on Thrill Jockey when I knew all these people were like doing stuff where it would be a lot easier to face an audience on a Saturday night with what they were doing yeah. than what we were doing. Yeah. Like, I mean, what was like one of the worst, we, you know, there were like the worst nights for us. I think um, Providence. We were in Providence on a Saturday night. They had like the local sort of like wacky band that all, yeah. the, all the kids liked play before us. And then we get up there. It was like on a, we were like the opposite of most touring bands who like wanted to get to the Saturday night gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they really get people out and stuff. We were dreaded the Saturday night gig <laughs> right. because it's like, this is a party? This isn't a party. Yeah. You know, this is what? That's another Gaster thing that I, and this doesn't, I mean, this is just shows that I really loved seeing their shows. Yeah. There was a time when they both, uh, it was, it was really early on the Empty Bottle when, before they had moved their soundboard. I always remember they had their soundboard, like they knocked out a wall once in the early days, the soundboard was on the floor, but cause they were right in front of it and they had two Farfizas set up. They were both going to play those and they were just doing this totally minimalist thing you know and I was just noticing the guys who had come to the rock club you know it's Friday night yeah yeah. And it's like you know you work all week yeah and you hate your boss yeah, yeah. and you go out you got me to go out and get drunk and just rock and roll and you go and you and they're going ee, you know they're playing yeah. four organs by like yeah, yeah, <laughs> Steve yeah. Wright which they loved I don't think they were actually doing that but it felt yeah, like that, that. Sort of and it's like I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. And I yeah. love that. It's just like, yeah. that's right, man. Just look at your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you've got. But, that was, <laughs> but, but those were the worst. Those were the worst Saturday shows. Well, yeah, it's one thing when you're watching, you know, someone else do it. But when we, yeah, I remember that we were like cursing Providence as we left. Uh, it was just like, that wasn't good. That, I, I think the guy like turned off the sound and the lights in the middle of our set or something. <laughs> it was like really abusive. Yeah. It was like bad. So, as I probably said to you before, this is, I think, one of the coolest compositions I've ever heard in my life. This is like every single time. Yeah, this, I, I always thought this was going to be, um, I'm appealing, because it has that, but this is a uh, bookmobile, right? 
That's right, Cocoa yeah. Bill, yeah. This was written for the Sea and Cake tour. Really? Josh was like, he knew, you know, like it's kind of like an African y thing yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that, the guitar part is like, it sounds like an Afro pop, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, it was like, we're going on tour of the Sea and Cake. You know, we got to have something like that. Sure. And that was and that was when the bass clarinet came in. This is uh, that album. The way we recorded was we didn't do we never did uh, the standard. Uh, there was no there were there are no rhythm tracks in town yeah. and country. Um, right. We we played together a song that we did. Yeah. But we used the studio by the time we got to this and. Uh, but I'll tell you, the old, I mean, that, that was the best example. Like, if you're gonna hand claps, you should sound like someone's clapping their hands. Yeah. In this room, not next door, not very, very small hands. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but that was, you know, that kind of learning about mixing and not really knowing enough right. about mixing. Right. That you have to make choices. Like, we, we would do things where we would let people, like, oh yeah. It's my, it's me. Yes, yes. You let people. You said we would do things where we would let people. Oh, like fix their sound. Uh-huh. We were doing that in this. This is when we were at uh, Engine with Todd Carter, um, and uh, Engine was like Brad Woods. Like he's gonna build himself a huge studio after it full, which is just like a little hole in the wall. Yeah. And then once he got it finished, he got a job in LA. <laughs> and so they had this insane, you know, like they had a room that was like for when Michael Jackson would drop by, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when we actually got to use that room, but we certainly couldn't, weren't gonna afford the board that went with that. So we used the board down the hall. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we, I remember we were just, people, we let someone like work on their sound and it's like, okay, you just sucked all the air out of the rest of the thing. We can't, yeah. You can't work on one instrument at a time. Yeah. So we were just like learning. I mean, I guess, you know, we did, if, if Todd Carter had had a ruler and he could hit our knuckles with it, he would have like, you know, cracked the whip. But, right. uh, you know, we were kind of doing our own thing. So well, when you say doing your own thing, you mean? You recorded like going back to the and remixing your tra- the track. Going through one, I remember the mistake of going through one instrument at a time and trying to get the sound. And it's yeah. like the what you should do is like take the sound you got and say that's the sound. That's what you sounded like. Yeah. Now let's mix it. Yeah. Instead of trying to, when you try and like, oh, I want to get a little bit more lows, a bit. You start doing that. You just you can't do that one instrument at a time. Right. Um, but. I, I am reminded of those kind of things happening because the hand claps are the same sort of thing. Oh, we want the hand claps, we just want a little bit of hand claps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, either you want hand claps, you don't want hand claps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially so, with the, this. So here we are just talking about something that's bad on recording. But well, it's a good song. It's no, it's an incredible song. That's There's also uh, vibes or, or uh, marimba, because there was one in there. So we threw some of that in there. Oh, yeah. So, there, like, so, so you, still, you haven't quite answered my question about overdub. So separate from like... We mixing. had a tune that we would play when we were live, mm-hmm. and we would just play it in the studio. Yeah. Um, what we would do is we would go sections. Yeah. We would just play a section, it would be done, and then we'd do the other section. That way, we didn't have to be perfect mm-hmm. for uh, 15 minutes. Yeah. 
Although we did, like, for And then you would stitch them together in a way that was just easy enough, like, just... Well, you just, yeah, I mean, editing things together is simple. One thing ends, another thing starts. As long as that's how it happened. Yeah. You know, it sounds like people in a room, you can almost, like, hear the room, even if that's in the studio illusion, it has the feel of... Yeah. ...of acoustic music, in a way, uh, because it is. Um, and feels very, like, you know, you could apply all kinds of, like symbolic adjectives like it feels very like honest or something you know where so it's just interesting I love that when you first told me the thing you alluded to before you told me a different time that um, that this whole the whole part the piece part of this piece where it, there's the different chords with space between yeah. them is actually super edited together I found that to be like delightfully irreverent I'm like oh awesome this thing that sounds like the most beautiful thing that you guys did live uh, was actually edited, so I guess I just like because we couldn't do it yet. Yeah. We hadn't learned to play it then. Yeah, I mean, and, and that is people who make, um, you know, classical music and new music uh, do that. But that I mean, that what you're describing, we yeah, we were very aware of that. That this does not sound like new music recordings, where or just the whole realm of classical recording, yeah. where everything is exactly where it's supposed to be. Right. Because if it isn't, you know, and I think that... Um, this is the part you're talking about, right? Yeah, we're, well, no, no, it was it was when we come out of this. This, okay. no, this is easy. It's, it's. I'll, I'll let you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, right. I'll, right. I'll right. you know. This, you this we did. Okay. It was when they change, when every chord is different. Not yet. Yeah. This whole yeah. this whole crazy bit here, we just did that. Yeah, sure. We might have had to take a few goes at it, but you know, it's just yeah. one note yeah, over and yeah, over. Sure, sure. No, it was the, it's after this where it kind of resolves. Okay. And there are very long held chords. Every one is every chord is different right. and we did them one at a time. Right. But uh, I think the Fr Fred Lomberg home was saying how I, I was talking about how I um, keep all my records in chronological order but it's hard to figure out when classical records are made he's yeah. like yeah yeah because they don't want you to know anything about it yeah it's like making classical records it's it's like making sausages you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to see how it happens it's, like, <laughs> it's all overdubbed it's all just one yeah thing. they just because they don't want to have you know they know people are following along with the yeah. score and they're like oh they fucked up yeah yeah so we don't do that you know we we play them live in yeah. the studio, uh, and when we were really not getting something we could live with, like this, when we when we did what we had to do, yeah. this part, this is what we did, one at a time. This was recorded. These. No, isn't that the same chord as the last one? But a slight change. Oh, and then this, is this one that there's the doom, doom, doom? Yeah, it has an outro. Yeah, again, it has a little, has outro, a little, little outro. outro that you can, like, you know, sing along with. Yeah, something to sing, catch you singing your way out yeah, the door or whatever they say, like Broadway yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, that's such a cool, like, and it was, like, this as a composition is so interesting, too, because it has, there's no bit nothing other than these, like, pretty sustaining chords, shorter and longer, and then right here, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, which is such. A, we I think we even totally called like it like kind of it's like the burrow path or whatever. It's like the Grand Canyon or something. The burrow path. Yeah, like it's like the you know it's like the donkey trail. Oh, the burrow. Oh, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That. 
Who wrote this song for us? This is Ben. Yeah. Ben wrote Bells. And, it and that would mean including writing like these parts, the bass part here and stuff like that, or that's... Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure, you know, you know, it's Josh playing the bass, mm -hmm. so he gives it his thing. This is the last album? Last album. Yeah, well, the last album is different from the other albums. Yeah. Last album, a lot of it was recorded in my living room. Yeah. Which, what's this one called? Uh, this is called Fields and Parks of Easy Access. Of course it is. <laughs> Throwaway titles on this album. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, you've talked shit about this album to me before, and you can feel free to do it to whatever extent you want now to... A, I mean, I love to, this to album. An extremely I love small this album. Public, busy singing, yeah. right? Yeah. What? Yeah. So this, what I'm asking is, this sounds like a jam. This sounds like an improvisation. Where about this? Yeah, like we did that on the last album, no, that, more so than anything else. And that's what this is, brother. I think so. Well, it started on. Sense. You can see it on uh, five because yeah. the first song on the second side. Yeah. It was like, oh wow, it's the early, early, easiest tune we've ever done. That it was. It's the one where I'm playing the glass. Oh yeah. And it's yeah, yeah, jammy yeah. as hell, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's good, it's really it's good. It's great. Um, and I'll just put it on, I mean, what the fuck. But the idea was to play a Tony Conrad thing and then play this, because this seemed to me like Yeah, yeah, Tony that Conrad totally thing. sounds like Tony Conrad. So, okay. So I'm going to the bathroom again. Bathroom. Okay, okay. This is a um, uh, four violins. Four violins, yeah. Yeah, so this is, this is the sort of Tony Conrad that reminds me of the lifestyle that we're going to listen to in a second. Um, well, those Angus McLeish things, they all, the, there's a lot of things in that that sound like this too when it, and it'll be kale and yeah because then it's not one guy over because that's a very different thing one guy with a very clear conception and he's got you know like puts a little tape on the neck of his yeah. violin and says I'm going to do there I'm going to do there mm -hmm. I mean us is four people jamming right right I think I can't remember what he did but it was uh, it was a big part of that was Probably just playing the uh, guitar with a screw. A big part of what? Of what that piece sounds like okay. is that uh, he's uh, Ben is playing guitar, but he's probably using a screw. Okay. So he's just kind of like bowing the guitar, kind of, or getting a you know bumpy road kind of thing. Cool, cool. Yeah. So I think that was a big part of what made that piece happen. Okay. Well, maybe I should actually just be playing that. I just figured I'd put in some Tony Conrad. Always love this one. I have this, the vinyl one of this. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. And this is, and I mean, it's worth noting for the case of this sort of documentation that you, you guys toured with him. Yeah. Around this time, so I don't know if that was an influence on. We toured with him before that last record. Right. We had we had notions that we were going to lure him in to record with us that never fruitioned. Yeah, I mean, think about it. It sounds really, really different from that. I mean, that's so, kind of the same way that we sounded really different from that Jim O'Rourke piece. Yeah. This is like bluegrass or something, I don't know. Bluegrass. Tell me more. I don't know, this is, this is, this is a tune. This, you could almost dance to this. Well, you can't dance to that Tony Conrad thing. That sure. was harsh. I mean, that, that was, you know, ex very experimental. This is, this is a tune. Yeah. See that? I think that's, that's him. That's, that's the guitar. A, that's, that's the guitar a screw being on the guitar. The screw. Yeah. How do you play a guitar with a screw? You know, it's like a strum. Like like yeah, you do that. Okay. Okay. And okay. viola. She switched to viola. Pretty uh, Liz. Uh, 
much easier to tour with a viola and a bass, and two basses was got limited, you know, after a while. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, the range, like, there's no range, you're both playing sure. bass. Sure. So what do you mean though, when you say you could dance to it, it's a tune because there's like this slowly evolving melody. Compared to what here. we were just listening to. Yeah, but I mean, so the Worlds tune, away. The tune is this slowly evolving melody that's happening here, this dun, dun, yeah, yeah. That's you, that makes pretty. it pretty. It's pretty, yeah. And then it, you say you could dance to it, you mean because it's like, I mean, it's not exactly. It's common. more humane than what we were just listening to Mr. Conrad doing. More humane, how? Uh, more lived in, more, it's a lived in space. It's like Life's a nice comfy chair instead of like a, you know, bed of nails. Okay. But I love a good bed of nails like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is, this is, this. Oh, that's that's me. That, choke, 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 choke. What is that's, it? That's the that's the uh, um, the glass. Okay. Choke, 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 choke. Yeah, I mean it's just uh, yeah, it's a tune. It's a tune, like you were saying. We're playing tunes. Yeah. And this one's really because this one, like, I mean, that, when we got it done, it was like, yeah, man, that's our easiest piece we've done. And it's like, sure. it's great. Yeah. Sometimes there's, and then I think after it. We're leaving out the really hard, like every one of those albums had some really difficult Josh piece that oh, yeah. never got played live. Yeah. This one had one where someone would do something and then you, you it was like a, a <laughs> someone would play and then someone would play in response and then you would play in response. It was like, you yeah. know, dominoes. Yeah. And it was really hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To forever record it. But so is this, I mean, is this is composed in some sense, right? That Like that. Yeah, every time we played it, it pretty much sounded like this. Okay. You know. And then there's this, this is and this. Yeah. This is that screw. That's it's a like screw. It turns into a mandolin. Instant mandolin. Okay, so that's why you're saying it's bluegrass? <laughs> no, because I... No, it was a response to the overall feel. That it yeah. was... Bluegrass is uh, warm. But this part right here, this is... Reminds me of some... Like, sort of a kind of weird like trippy rhythmic displacement that's also kind of like nice uh -huh. reminds me of town and country that you know it's all over Feldman this stuff well, yeah. I just said displacement that's not I don't know if that's the right term for like it like going to Kamakura was one where you really were doing that yeah first tune on uh, Come yeah. On that's yeah. the one where I said that I had to play a part we were playing six against five uh -huh. um, two people were playing in six and the other two were playing in five and as long as we ever played it, I never stopped counting. It was yeah. never got to the point where, because you're gonna, if you're playing in five, you're gonna want to go to six because sure. it's just more comfortable, you know. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. just like, I just counted all the time. Yeah. So it was like listening to, I mean, it was like, do you think that something like Feldman was like a self-conscious influence on this band on Town and Country or what? Absolutely. It was gonna be called more than Seldom. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think Morton Feldman made me like it was. Listening to Morton Feldman was, uh, to me personally, before it was really when I was hanging out with uh, Kevin Drum and working on stuff that he kind of turned me on to it. And I was like, my way of listening up to then was just the most intense kind of uh, uh, free jazz freakouts. The kind yeah. of th listening that I'm sure Weasel Walter has just always done. It's just yeah, like, sure. to him, it should go, <laughs> you know, or why am I even right. bothering? Yeah, yeah, and there was a time when I would just like get in there or just like watch, you know, go see Broatsman or something and just like 
feel everything. You know, That's it's like be like be. rolling over it, and then you're like, is, and everything else was Muzak by comparison, right? right? Right. But then you're listening to Morton Fold, and you're like, oh, this is a whole different way of listening to anything. Which is what is that way? Because you're not you you're like putting the space in there. You're like letting there be space. I mean, not the obviously there's, but no, there isn't space if you're doing energy music. Right. You're filling up every every nook and cranny has to be filled up. You blast beats and all the rest. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a time when I just that was what I listened to and that's what I wanted. I would oh I listen to some rock bands as long as it's the boredoms. Yeah. You know, as long as it's just as insane as what I was already listening to. Yeah, yeah. But then you're just like, no, I just want, you know, hearing all that space mm -hmm. uh, and quiet and just. And, and I, oh, I think and it's also getting away from virtuosity. You're like, it's not about how much you can do. It's about what you actually want to hear. Yeah. I don't care if it's really easy to play. That's what I want to hear. I'm not gonna hold it against you that it's easy to play. Of course, it's not easy to play for four hours. Or but some of the stuff might not be easy to play anyway. No, no. Ways. But th you can't hold it against it that you're like, well, that doesn't sound hard enough. Can't you play that faster? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> the very first thing that ever happened on this podcast is me playing Feldman for uh, Fred Lombrook home, and uh -huh. the first thing he said was, "They're playing it too fast." <laughs> playing too fast. <laughs> I was like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well he would know yeah he would know he would uh, know there's that like defeated thing of just like someone who's just like running into a brick wall and they just can't get through it yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like but I don't know the more I go back and listen to like live in Seattle and that kind of stuff you're like oh man it's just pure magic yeah you know, like there was a time when you were just like okay I embraced it for so long and it's time to get away from it. I did the same thing with all the drone stuff. I mean, there was a time when I just wanted to just like zen out to drone shit. I would listen to like uh, Pandit Pranath in the bath, you know? Yeah. Put, burn incense and candles and shit. Yeah. Just like I just want to, I just want to bliss out into the void. And there was a point where I was just like, all right, that's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun every now and then. Sure. Sure. But um, you do all kinds of stuff. I mean, that was that was really kind of end of town and country and beginning of like Dream Weapon when I was just like, yeah, let's just like you know, merge, yeah, get all oceanic with it and all that. Sure, sure. But uh, and then after a while, you're like, yeah, like some. Melody. Well, what's a nice thing too about Feldman is there's not you know, he's his own kind of weird world, but it's not. Yeah, he's not drone. He doesn't fit into minimalism at all. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah certainly yeah. not. Yeah, people it, try and suck him in there, and he just he just doesn't work. He says, "What are you talking about? It's not minimalism." Yeah, it's yeah. a bunch of different notes. I remember what I was doing on this? This is Celeste in there, of course. And piano. Yeah. It also reminds me of Feldman for having. Um, it was a piano at um, Cultural Center because that's where we recorded it. Okay. It also reminds me of Feldman because it has um, so much of the harmonic movement seems to be about like overtones, just like shimmering out, like not right here, but yeah, listening to stuff. That's what Feldman's always is like. What is that? What sound does that thing make? And yep. I really want to hear it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't listened to this one in a long time. It's great. 
Yeah. So this is another one. This is all completely written out. This is the way this, whether or not had written out necessarily, but. We wrote, we, we, we uh, had charts. I mean, we had, you know, stuff written with little notes. I mean, this is like notes. rhythmically pretty complex. To, to me, at least, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, did you do you did you have it all written out like how the? I can't remember where this one came from. I mean, even hearing that name just took me back. I mean, I, I mean, not. I have the Dells record. Um, I remember playing it. Was it was it was hard. But it was fun to play. It took yeah. a long time. I think I sweated bullets trying to do this thing. I, I remember that. Sure. It was hard. I could also put on, speak just for the Feldman thing, I could put on going to Canada. I want to hear how it ends, though. Okay, okay, okay. It's, it's going to have one of those endings, like all the other ones, where the nice. harmonium busts out. I know that. I, I love this. It's like a crazy, messed up clock, you know? Yeah. Sounds like a, a bad, you know, uh, music box. Right. Falling apart. For me, like, listen to it, it has this um, balance really amazing and also reminds me of Feldman balance of um, feeling stark like stark and cold you could describe it that way but also yeah. like kind of like warm and intimate you know uh, which I don't know those are just adjectives I mean they don't really you should really check things. out some of those um, things on just find them on uh, yeah and then this on obscure this is gorgeous this piano part I'm finding this space he's playing piano that's I think it's Josh on the piano. I think Ben would have been the guitar. I could be wrong though. Could okay. Be. But, so, but he, so, so Josh you... was so into the piano, more so. I mean, Ben did sometimes, but and I remember him doing a bunch, coming up a bunch of things. Like he just came up with something just like that on the piano. And hit, we were. So there's you. On that yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I would guess that it's Josh. It was a guess. Okay. Well, there was a guitar here, so that's probably yeah, yeah. right. Well, well, I'm sure Josh is a uh, Liz player. was playing guitar on this album because she couldn't play any bass because she was still dealing with that injury. Yeah. So, but you know what I mean about like this. Does that make sense to you? The kind of like starkness, yeah. the cold starkness. It's beautiful with thing the... to say about a beautiful piece of music. Yeah. I think I really like it. Here's my interview question. I wonder if you're influenced by his like irreverent attitude towards tradition. Like very extreme interest in tradition, but irreverent attitude. I don't know what anyone else thinks about it. I know um Yeah, for people you, used to listen to like Kotke and Fahey and when I was in college and I just thought it was like nerdy new age bullshit. Yeah. And uh uh when I met Carol, she had my wife, she um had like the best of Fahey album and I was like oh that's some nerdy shit yeah and then I saw how uh, Precop had some nice like er earlier Tacoma thing mm -hmm. and I was like oh I guess people are into this shit and then I hit the like suffer like well like, I just remember just going out I was like oh O'Rourke's pretending he's Fahey again it's like another O'Rourke show where he just like does finger style playing right and there are times when I just I've just been like, oh, do I have to listen to this? How long do I have to listen to this before something else? Someone gonna like, is is Tony Conrad gonna come in and just like tear it up like he does on that thing on that uh, K 
caster. There's a caster. That's a great tune too. Yes, I like, and I have the one where Fahey does the original Fahey version of it. Oh yeah. Oh, is it Dry Bones in the Valley? Yeah. And it does go into a crazy, just lock groove. Yeah. On the original, yeah. without the Conrad. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So, but you have to talk to. Uh, uh, Vida, because he was the one who was really into that, yeah, and yeah. I, I like it, and I, I, I went, I got on board, but I was just getting on board. I was getting. It on wasn't. Board. I can't. Just getting on board. I was just know. getting on board. I was like, okay, is this what we're doing now? You don't. Okay, now I have to like the Beach Boys. Okay, I used to not like them. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying liking the Beach Boys. Okay. I enjoyed not liking them. Now I like <laughs> not liking them too. It's fun either way. I think when I hated the Beach Boys, mostly I hated Jan and Dean and couldn't tell a difference. So, liking Fahey was uh, uh, an acquired to taste. Acquired taste that you never really acquired. No, no, I did. I have enjoyed much of it. Yeah. This is nice. It's it's, it's like uh, listening to even like say Ravi Shankar and stuff. Sometimes I really want to hear some ragas, but not always. Sometimes I don't. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> okay. Or, yeah. or the thing that I got into was like, oh yeah, I love it when they sing. You know, like Brandon. Uh, you know, uh, like you, Pandit, 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 or or but the other guys too, like the Degar brothers and shit. Okay. I got a little tired of how the I wrote a piece once when I was writing for the Reader about how um, uh, got into some real like investigative like giving it to uh, Terry Riley and uh, yeah, uh, you know, that other guy Lamont. Yeah, that fucker. Um, for just totally like acting like this guy, like they had basically bought the soul of Indian music and they had it hostage in, in New York, in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like he's the last of the line, there's nothing else. It's just, you idiots. Yeah. I mean, you're just selling fucking snake oil, motherfuckers. It's like, there's a whole country called India that will kick your ass, you know, <laughs> yeah. like all the time. You ever heard of the Degar brothers? They are fucking awesome. They're way better than Noth. Or whatever, they don't have to be better. They're yeah, just yeah, like, there's they other got people it. doing music. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. and uh, some other people too. You know what I think finally makes this stuff when you really start to love it? What? Is when you play enough guitar and you're like, God, I really want to do that thing those guys do. They just kind of get lost and they just start playing that shit forever. What, what do I have to do? This is a guitar, that's what they do it with. I've got, it's in. You know, it's not in uh, standard tuning, it's well, in D minor. So I'm halfway home. Yeah. Now no. all I gotta do is like, do that shit. My that friend shit is Jason. Awesome. My, so it gets awesome as you've had enough guitars around. I think it's, yeah. right? This music has always been popular with people who have guitars. <laughs> that's right, yeah. I think that's a big part well, of the it. The open tuning does the pretty for you. Hmm? The opening tuning, it does the pretty for you. It's all about over the tuning. Yeah. When you're like, oh, what's he doing? Well, whatever he's doing, he's only got one finger over here. <laughs> yeah. And then it moved that one time. And yeah. That was it. It was all like this. It's all the right hand pattern. Yeah, for sure. Right it's something pattern. to do. It's something to do. And that's fascinating. Then you can sit and play the guitar forever and you just smoke more weed and you're like, yeah, let's keep doing this. Yeah. So this starts with, has the bass, the thumb bass. I once walked to the TV. car when I was getting a ride from Josh and he had this on in the car and I was like, why is Josh listening to the wall? <laughs> and it's because it sounds a lot like Goodbye Cruel World, because that's a C, that's a, you know, it's just an octave of a C, mm -hmm. right? 
So that's that's what Goodbye Cruel the World is. The real question is, is why is Josh... Only Goodbye Cruel World is 55 seconds long. This is 17 minutes long. Right. Uh, yeah, 20. 20. 20. Yeah, we re- had to re-record it and it 21. got longer. I love this part of this song. This part is really... We just love this part. That's oh, here's the story. We This was... We had an exact set that we did every night when we were playing first with C and Cake and then took it to uh, England with Godspeed. And we like just did it every night. And I think we ended with um, crossings because we didn't have the bomb, 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 bomb tune to end our... Yeah. I'm probably wrong about that. We probably did end with that. Okay. Um... But anyway, we had we had gotten this one set down, and we was like, yeah, "This is what we do. And we, it's how we get through it." And then uh, Josh was like, "No, we we're stale. We have to do it differently. We have to end with this tune. Yeah, do a different set. Where we end with this." And the thing about the end of this is they're always like, "Okay," and at the end you're gonna like hit this one crazy chord on the harmonium and just like, you know, it's like, blah blah, just go nuts on it. And then we'll overdub it on the recording at least. Yeah. And that was, and then, and then you just stop. You just pull your hands off, and it stops dead. Yeah. And I was always like, you know, that's never really as impressive as you think it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like it's not like, you know, throwing a school bus off a fucking you know space station and watch it crash <laughs> to the earth. It's just like I going. <laughs> You know, it's a little thing. It doesn't make that cool a sound. And I had to do that in <laughs> Manchester. Wow. And, and like, it was the end of the concert of the second or the last night we were there. And it's like, that did not work. That was not like, you know, like I should have just set it on fire and thrown it in the audience or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just wasn't Sorry, I'm still laughing insane. at school bus office. I know, I just made that up. Right in the middle of saying it. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, I get it. That's funny. That's funny. So they were allowed to write this part for you. Because it's funny, because we, I mean, we're always going to see, like, improv sets. Like, we're going to go after this yeah. to see Josh play. Um, and there'll be parts where, maybe that won't be totally freely improvised. Maybe all the ends will be written. I don't know. But um, free improv things, there's the moment when somebody gets left hanging. You know? They, like, wrote that part for you. You know, where somebody, everybody kind of stops and one person is playing them. It's like... Okay, you get to choose whether you're going to play a solo thing or whether you're going to do, try to do like a cool, boom, you know, like an end it. You know, that's like a thing. The worst one for me recently was when I had been working all day and I had brought some guitars. You were there. It was when I played with Vajarski and um, you don't know who Joe, Joe Vajarski was the trumpet, yeah. I mean, the yeah, saxophone player. And uh, Ryan, and I felt like the beginning was just like terror for me because they were like, they just let me go for like five, for like like two or three minutes on my own. Okay. And I was like, I have nothing. I just was working for 12 hours and I, I'm feeling uncertain about the way I set up this guitar. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and you're just going to give me a solo? And yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh shit, I don't have a solo. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like they compositionally wrote that part for you at the end where you've like given it. This task. is the beginning. Wait, I thought the thing you were saying, you were supposed to do a big thing at the end and then slam it down. Oh, this? About, oh, yeah, but that was just like, yeah, one they, chord. Saying, that's what I'm saying. So they wrote that for you so that you had to do that thing, even though it was kind of like a suicide mission. It wasn't going to sound cool enough. Well, especially that one the, as ending our set yeah, in Manchester. Set, that's what I'm saying. Yes. How did that go? It was lame. 
<laughs> it was the whole set. We would have been better off just doing the set we'd been doing all along. Nobody there knew we'd been doing it all along. Yeah. But he just thought it was getting stale as, as, as players. And the other thing that happened in Manchester, this, these are like these are the moments that were like, how how are we surviving in this world? Is we got lost on the way from Manchester because that guy Barry, the, the the tour manager was Barry, the guy who put together um, all tomorrow's parties. But this was before that. And uh, he got lost on the way to Manchester. We got there an hour too late. We were all sound checking under fire. And uh, so we were sound checking really late. And Town and Country had to sound check while like uh, War Pigs was playing. It was loud as fucking possible. <laughs> <laughs> just like cranked for like Manchester audiences yeah, sure. <laughs> who need that so much louder than anyone else because they're so messed up and they're all, all right. suicidal so they have to play it really loud <laughs> okay we can slow it down yeah, you slow it down it's no problem play, it, slow, this, play this one really over. slow this is it this is what we're talking about right here okay just tear it up man imagine you're a bus being thrown off <laughs> that's what space this is station. the part you did you're saying oh, yeah oh. this is what I had to do this is how we ended it. And they say, oh, so we'll double it up and we'll like... But we're is not going to put any effects overdubs on. here on the album? Yeah, there's two there, yeah. And see under the album. Big finish. Yeah. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, it's good. How's listening to you? Do you feel like Dustin Hoffman? Just like that. Watching his own movies. Yeah, there you go. And that wasn't, that was, I think I actually just stopped. I don't that's think that was stop, an edit. That's not an edit. But maybe I stopped wrong. We had to edit it. I can't remember now. <laughs> it's also long ago.
we should should we listen to another, some other things or, or are we supposed? This to? tune is awesome, man. I know it's awesome. We're I stoned. Mean, we can listen to this as much as we want. <laughs> All right. But who's gonna buy the pizza?